You are listening to Straight Talk with Trevor. Wait, Daddy, how many times are we going to keep doing this again? Man, I sit back and I watch this whole world, and I don't believe what I see on the news. What kind of damn world is this we living in? It's crazy. If you don't make strong no enough about something, you're willing to die for it. And don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Don't believe what nobody tell you. Believe over what you see. Before you go around, believe in everything. Don't people tell you what everybody else is. Don't let nobody point you in the wrong direction. Follow your heart. Believe what you see. Cause they just leading you in the wrong direction, follow your heart How is it me? Or is this country really not free? So many laws, so many flaws, please explain this to me Ain't nobody get my vote, just these words that I wrote Being spoke from my throat, till the day that I cough up and choke Now in due time, you gonna find everybody they speaking their line Just follow your mind every time, and ain't no way they can stop your shine Only believe what you see and what you feel to me, that's real Only time will reveal, protect your mind with it The is pocus, just stay focused and watch your back for all these locusts Who approach us looking hopeless for all the time they some vultures trying to pick at your flesh and lay you to rest Accept the test if you're really the best Be prepared for the stress but nevertheless just say who's next All I ever wanted in life was a house of dogs and kids a wife But all I ever got was hate, stress, disrespect and strife The only thing that keeps me happy is my music and my lady Why the rest of the world trying to trap me to realize that they can't fail Seeing is believing but looks can be deceiving But I'm not believing what I'm seeing What kind of world is this to be? They say seeing is believing I'm not believing what I'm seeing, what kind of world is this to be? I'ma die for what I believe in, breathing everything I do for a reason, grieving, need of a still proceed society, got my soul bleeding, I take a step to catch my breath, I'm out of breath, ain't nothing left. What's up, Straight Talk Society? This is your host, Trevor, and I'm back with another episode of Straight Talk with Trevor, the podcast where no topic is off limits. <clears throat> On today's show, I want to introduce a new um, series of shows that hopefully I'll be able to get um, some participation from. Today, I want to go to an interview that I just completed in a new series entitled When Worlds Collide. So um, what this show is about, what the, the concept of this show is to take two people from totally different backgrounds and put them in an environment where they dis- they have a discussion. It's not a debate. They have a discussion about whatever topics that I may throw out with them. So for the first episode in this new series, I have fan favorite Zay and fan favorite Kevin. Now, everybody knows who Zay is. Zay is, says controversial things, dark humor, you know, things like that. But he's one of my most beloved guests. And then you have Kevin. Kevin is my cousin who's also a gay black man living in America. And Kevin has done a few episodes with me. And the first show that he did was so well received that it actually caused people to change their stances on how they viewed gay people. So I thought that it would be pretty interesting to have a conversation between the two where I would throw a bunch of questions at them and get answers from different perspectives. So you're getting an answer from a straight male perspective and you're getting an answer from a gay man's perspective. And I just thought that that concept would be really good. So that's what this show is about. Um, we also in the show, what happened, I, I don't know if you guys remember how long you've been with me, but I did a show on March 22nd, 
entitled uh, Straight Talk About Gender Equality. You can find that in archives where it was like so controversial, man. That show just got it got slammed. It got praised. It, it was <laughs> that was it. It was either going to get praised or it got critically just demolished. Um, but either way, I got the lesson for it. So I was good. But after that show, Kevin had a bunch of um, notes that he took on the show because he wanted to eventually be able to ask questions and rebuttal to the things that we said. <clears throat> so also you'll see it, you'll hear in this conversation that I actually brought up some of his points because I don't, I, you know, I keep everything. When people send me messages about the shows and things like that, I keep everything it may not come up right then, but there's going to always be a time where it'll come up in the in the future. So I saved everything that he sent me and I picked out a couple of questions. And those two had like one of the best conversations that I've ever heard. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I, I enjoyed recording it and I just sat back and I was the moderator. I just threw the questions out. I gave my input every now and then, but you know, it didn't need too much for me. Those two steered the ship and I think it was great. And I think you guys will love it. So um, give it a listen and we'll be back after the show. And we're going to go out to the phone lines and on the phone, I have Zay and Kevin. What's up, fellas? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, happy Sunday. Hey, what's, what's up? All on, right. Kevin? Hey, Zay, how are you? I'm All right, good. so. So, so what we're going to do here is this is going to be the first installment of a new series that I want to add to the show um, called When Two Worlds Collide, which essentially you have two different people from two different walks of life come together to discuss whatever topical issue may be going on, just so we could get an um, understanding from both sides. Because you two have been on the show before, you two are very popular um, guests on the show. So rather than me talk to ra- rather than me talk to just one of you guys, I rather I just sit back and be the moderator and you guys have the conversation and I'll just throw out um the questions. Gotcha. So oh I'm popular so, so uh-huh. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, very popular. So so everybody got the rules to this? Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So first and and I will say just for time's sake. If you're going to, um, you know, I'm going to give you time to rock out on your answer, but just try to keep it to like one or two minutes so you're not going too long, just so I can get through everything. Gotcha. All right. Okay. So right off the bat, right off the bat, either one of you can answer. Um, what what does it mean to be a man? What does being a man mean to you? Um, all right, I'll go first. To me, being a man is taking care of home and owning up to your successes as well as your shortcomings and just being straight up with people. Like you gotta uh, value your word, your word should hold weight and your actions should uh always like reflect who you are accordingly and provide and providing for your family, just being an adult about and handling your shit pretty much. And and it's not necessarily. I feel like a lot of a lot of guys, especially African Americans these days, they they feel like being a man is 
how many women you can get and how many babies you can make. But that's pretty much my answer in a nutshell. All right. What about you, Kevin? I actually agree with that. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. This, this ain't going to be no big love fest for y'all. Just no, no. I know that. But no, he, he said nothing that I disagree with. Yeah, being a man should be you being a responsible adult for your actions and taking care of your, your shit. Taking care of yourself, your family, whatever responsibilities falls to you, whether or not they are ones you chose or they're thrust onto you. You know, you know, one thing I'm glad you guys didn't say, none of you said it, you, you didn't. When I asked you what this being a man um, is, none of you related it to gender. <laughs> With, because, <laughs> that, because that's always where we go. Like mm-hmm. if you ask if you ask somebody a question, oh, what does it mean to be a man? They always relate it to gender. All right, so all right, so um, some stereotypes that are associated with black men are aggressive behavior, weak or emotional, irresponsible, lazy, dishonest, and hypersexual. Um, these are signs of what's perceived as toxic masculinity. So here's my question. Do you think um, that there's some validity to these claims? Yes. All right. See, so I, I think this is where we're going to have our first disagreement <laughs> because Kevin, Kevin, you believe in toxic max- masculinity, right? I was, yes. And I know Zay doesn't. Zay doesn't think that that's a thing, correct? Correct. All right. So, all right, go, Kevin. I mean, I guess the from my view, the idea of toxic masculinity is the over exaggeration of the over exaggerated behavior of you exhibiting that your manhood. And in a lot of cases, in my opinion, it's not necessary. But the aggressiveness, like that video I sent to you last night, I don't even know if you saw it yet. No, I haven't gotten a chance. Okay, yeah, that to me is like an example of this aggressiveness on a level a hundred. So, so let me. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Um, so you're saying that we're we're toxic. Masculinity becomes toxic when you overly display it. Is is that where you're getting it? When your behavior, yes, your actions and behavior becomes one where it is not in alignment with who you are and who the people around you are. All right, Zay, what what do you guys say about that? I'm not really understanding. Like, I I would like to hear an example of toxic masculinity because I don't see how one person's masculinity can be toxic to another. Like if, if if I I just don't understand the whole concept to be honest. Like like somebody can be being over aggressive, but that doesn't mean that their masculinity is toxic. That just means that they're having an aggressive moment. Like how how I don't understand how it can be toxic to someone else. Like 
toxic masculinity. I just I don't understand the whole time to be honest with you. Like, so it let's, loses let, me. let's let's go back to the the character traits though that they're associating with it: aggressive behavior, weak or emotional, irresponsible, lazy, dishonest, and hypersexual. I mean, the but only thing all to right, me, lazy isn't part of that. It wouldn't. Yeah, and, I, yeah, I don't yeah. see. I don't see how lazy would. Yeah, that. But. And, and to me, like, <clears throat> all right, like the uh, what you said, sensitive or emotional. Yeah. All right, so you have some people that just fit those. Those are characteristics of people, and some of those are like the the, the emotional part that might be a characteristic of of a toxic person, but I I don't see how. Like so, for female, I have those same traits. That's not toxic, toxic femininity. Like it's, I don't really understand. Like some people are toxic, some people aren't. But I don't see right. how like femininity and masculinity itself can be toxic. And well, I guess that's that. Right? That was the point I was going to make. Is maybe it's just the people are toxic in general. Like, like their, I know, their, I know. their actions, their behavior is just unhealthy. So, so I guess where where do we where do we come up with the toxic though? As far as masculinity, or as far oh, as in general? In general, just, yeah, yeah, right. just toxic in general. For me, like, all right, somebody can be toxic for for me, like, but which means that, like, okay, for me, it's this is an unhealthy relationship with this person. You feel me, like? Like they don't, the the effects of the relationship, this the effects that this person's relationship have on me are negative. So therefore, that shit is toxic to me. I can't I can't deal with that person. You get what I'm saying? I do. As far so as far as like masculinity or femininity, I just don't really see how like the level of of my of my manhood or feminineness can be toxic to you. It's just, it's I mean. I don't know. I just, I just don't get the term toxic masculinity. I feel like that's one of those new terms that people just use because the world is getting way too sensitive. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you got some last words on this before I move on? Nah, I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, you want to say something. I can hear it. <laughs> no, I'm all right. <laughs> all right, so here's, here's a statement from Twitter. It says, if masculinity were truly toxic, then kids growing up without dads would presumably presumably be better off than those who have them, but they're not. They tend to be more depressed, aggressive, and criminal. The truth is, we need more masculinity in society, not less. <sighs> I agree. I can, just, I, I can respond to that by uh, a saying that I heard. It's a uh, Hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create. Uh, weak men wait. Hard 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 men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. You get what I'm trying to say, right? Huh? You heard that before? I never heard it, but I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. All right. So hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. It's like it's going in a circle. Like hmm. think about like like back in the in the thirties and like the Great Depression. Those men had it rough. Like so, and like all the wars and whatnot. Like they made it to where, like 
we have it so easy to like we become soft as a society because we don't really have real problems to worry about. So we pick any little thing to be upset and sensitive about. Therefore, like the good times creating weak men. And then that's gonna eventually create hard times. <laughs> and then just go in the circle. So so you're so so you you agree then that we we do need more masculinity in, in society and not less. I mean, if you want to call tougher than up masculinity, then yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm going to say I agree with that overall. All right. What about you, Kevin? <laughs> um, I, I don't know yet. I have to ponder on that one. Right, I, think, I think for me, that what we have to get on is what is the, what is the definition of masculinity? Because I would surmise that everyone's view, perspective, and experiences has cultivated a differing definition of masculine. I guess I could see that just because uh, when you say, what does it mean to be a man? People will answer that different ways. Exactly. So, so. Right. So everyone's definition of what masculine means. Because I, I, I agree with the statement in some respects. Yeah, when you go through hard times, it teaches you, it develops you, it cultivates you in how to handle challenges and struggles that life throws at you. Um, but does that necessarily mean that that is a masculine trait or that is just a natural human trait that is born out of your experience all right we Mm -hmm. we might have we we might have say all right go ahead no no go ahead go ahead go ahead i'll finish it the reason why i said i agree with is because like Let's just be honest. Like you got like a large percentage of men that are, like bitches. You get what I'm saying? Like they just like they 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 don't really. I don't disagree with you on that either. <laughs> but is that necessarily from the absence of a masculine? To an extent, because uh, like all right, for example, when um, like some men. They gossip just like women. You feel me? To me, that's a feminine trait, like the gossip and the like being excessively dramatic and whatnot. I know some guys like that. So I feel like if they were more what masculinity means to me, I feel like they wouldn't act the way they act. You know what I'm saying? Like people talk a lot behind people back, but then won't say it to their face. That's not a masculine trait. That's more of like a like I see females do that. And I see a lot of dudes doing that. I see a lot of uh men that like call themselves men but at the same time it's like they fold under the slightest amount of pressure so how can you be a support system or a rock for someone else when when you're not like stable yourself stable enough to handle your own shit you get what i'm saying don't disagree with that either but again is that necessarily being masculine or is that you having an experience of being through shit in life that built you up to handle those moments. I don't know. So I, I guess in order to like completely get like a same page definition of masculinity, we would probably have to literally go to the dictionary and base it off of that. 
All right. So um, dictionary, the Oxford uh, Dictionary defines masculinity as um, quality or attributes regarding the characteristics of men. So they're they even uh, kind of vague too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right. We we're gonna have to. This this might I, this is one of those conversations that could lead into a whole show by oh, itself. So yeah, I see that. <laughs> so let's um, which which this this is what I tried. This is what I wanted to to happen when I was putting the show together. I wanted it to be some thought provoking things that you could hear from two sides and it'd be like, damn. Well, we could expound some more on this. So um. All right. So here's another question. So one problem that seems to be common in the community amongst black men is the lack of accountability. All right. So my question is, how do we as men hold each other accountable? And is it necessary? I would. I would say, yes, it's necessary. Now, the how is the million dollar question, because. There, in my view, there should be if we are men and I see a behavior that is not emblematic of us being men, you should be able to say, hey, my brother, tighten up on that. And I should agree. be accepted as, oh, shit, I'm slipping and let me do better. But we don't have individuals in the current era that can just accept that for what it is. I, I would agree with that because uh, it's definitely necessary to hold each other accountable, but um, I feel like it takes someone like like that really care about you to pull you to the side and say, hey, like you slipping right here, you tripping right there, you need to tighten up on this or that. But it also takes a person with an open mind that's willing to accept their faults to like Say you know what he right as opposed to trying to check you for trying to check them. You get what I'm saying? Right. Some people like like go back to being sensitive. Like some people will take it and they won't even hear what you're saying. They just look at it like you're disrespecting them. Right. Somewhere along the line, the, the idea of just saying to you tighten up on that is being interpreted as disrespect. Who are you to tell me? what I'm doing isn't right. How dare you? When it's just as simple, hey, my brother, you can be doing better than you are now by just tweaking, adjusting, altering how you respond to something or how you interact with that situation. Hmm. Um, all right, so staying on that, um, here, here's another statement from Twitter. Um, as men, we have to stop teaching our sons that holding in emotions, being callous, and the phrase I'm good will make a man out of them when really it's creating the monster within them. So before any of you say anything on that, just, just to piggyback off of what you guys were just saying, um, what what state would we have to be in to be able to be able to hold someone accountable? Because, you know, it's like, it, OK, I'll use me, for example. I don't take relationship. I don't take relationship advice from single people. You know what I mean? So as a man, what state of manhood would we have to be in that's acceptable 
to check to check someone or get somebody in line. Well, I'm gonna say this. I I I feel like I understand your statement. You don't take uh, relationship advice from single people. I'm the type of person like my mind is so open. I'll take any. I won't. I'll listen to any advice from anyone, and it's just I'll find out. I'll try to figure out like all right, what was applicable and what wasn't. But first, it takes not even for the person that's talking to you. It takes for the person hearing the message to be able to be humble enough to actually self-examine themselves. You get what I'm saying? Like, I've I've talked to homeless people who gave me some good advice, but it's like, like you're not succeeding in life right now, but that don't mean you had no experiences that I can't learn from. So I'm the type of person that, like, I'll listen to anyone. I won't necessarily take the advice, but if I feel like it's applicable, I'm going to take it, but I'm going to do some self-reflecting after I hear what you said. And then, uh, I'm always looking inward instead of looking outward first. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> okay. I I think that's a valid point. You should be in a position to be able to receive advice from anyone because everyone has an experience. Anyone can be a teacher. Now, the way what you do and how you process that information is totally based on you. But also, I think we have to be clear about the intention of the advice being given. Because a lot of time, advice is given from the perspective of attempting to scold or dehumanize or try to have a leg up on someone versus, hey, I'm just here sharing, imparting knowledge on you from my own experience that I think you can be, that can help move you in a better position. If the advice is coming from that space of good intent, then that's great. But the challenge sometimes is that it's not always that. I've actually even had like, from somebody who was telling me something in a negative context, like trying to tear me down and insult me. And it's like, but at the same time, it's like, damn, like, you know what? What they said was was bullshit, but at the same time, I learned something from this because it shows me that, like, oh, this person, like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, now I learned, I learned something at the end of the day, like, damn, people really want to see you fail. Or people, like, really will, like, turn on you because of this or that. You get what I'm saying? Like, it kind of like the advice or the words might not necessarily be useful, but at the same time, it's like that the person's actions or their intent actually showed you like a whole different like way of looking at people or exposing themselves for like, because obviously if they was in a position to try to give you advice, you probably thought it was somebody that like, like you probably had them in one, one category in your mind. And I was like, okay, he just said that. That wasn't with good intent. Now I'm putting him in this category and know that like everybody ain't for me and move on. Huh. See, I, I knew <laughs> I, I didn't know what this was gonna be, but I, I knew that you two would just have a a great conversation. See, I, I don't even have to interject too much. So I wanna um I wanna go back in history a little bit. Hmm. I wanna go back to the earlier um incarnations of straight talk. I did a show with Zay. 
Um, it was uh, it was at the time I titled it uh, as a bonus episode. It was the first time that me and Zaya had ever done a show together. And in there, he said that, you know, if if he had a if if, if he found out his son was gay, I don't want to I don't I don't want to misquote you. But I, I, I think to the effect that you would try to beat him, beat it out of him. Those are my exact words. <laughs> huh? I say those are my exact words. <laughs> okay, so, um, but watch where I'm going with this. So, after that show, I then turned around and did a episode with Kevin, um, right. love and pride, love and pride from the perspective of a, a, a gay, a gay black man. And then Zay turned around and sent me a message and said, like, to the effect of, "Man." He totally opened my eyes, right? Which, which is why, which is why I wanted to get you two on the conversation because Kevin has related to me multiple times that he's a Zay Stan. So, so like, and and it's funny because I never thought that you two would end up being fans of one another. That's 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 crazy in itself. But so I say all that to say this because now we're gonna get now we're gonna start going back into the archives. So my question to both of you, um, Kevin, I want to hear your response first, because I think it's going to be I think it's going to probably be the longer answer. Do, do you think it's possible to be gay and still be masculine? Yes. What, what about you, Zay? I know it is. I know okay. it is. Cause I, like, I've seen it. You get what I'm saying? Okay, so so regarding and again, as we grow, as we grow, we we you, you do you do better when you know better. And I could take it a step further, and I would even say that I've seen some guys that were openly gay and masculine. You feel me? Uh huh. And, and and I'm not gonna lie, like the first time I saw that, I was probably like in my early twenties, mm-hmm. mid twenties, and and it it threw me the fuck off because. In my head, like a gay person, which is stereotypically feminine, and like you, you, you don't lift weights, you don't, you don't like work hard, you work like a female. You feel me? But then it's like I met this guy I used to work with, and dude was a beast. And all we ever talked about was like sports and football and this and that, and just like, like he carried himself like a real man. You wouldn't know he was gay until he told you, but he didn't hide it. You get what I'm saying? And and I can. I can respect that more and I can respect someone who like like just trying to put on the front or undercover with it. You get what I'm saying? So we <laughs> we we hold on Kevin, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you rock, but we we talked about this a lot, Zay, how how we we always we see it as a social flex more than anything. Like yeah. um I won't and I won't I won't use the F word just because now I'm on a bunch of different platforms now, but I always say that there's a difference between a gay man and an F word. Yeah. Because I see a gay man is like Kevin. He's just gay. He wants to be left alone. I was explaining this to somebody yesterday, uh, two days ago. Let me live my life. But then you have the F word that wants to be all out there in your face with it and look at me. I'm queer and I'm here and I'm this and that. And I think that's 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 where my um my disconnect has always been. So that's why I say like my conversations with Kevin in this show has been very eye opening, and right. and right. damn near, rev, rev, you know, giving me revelations on things. 
because at the end of the day, they're just fucking humans and just want to be want to be live their life and be left alone. You know, it's like agreed. But also, we have to we we cannot discount, or I, I would say we should not discount how what the perception of a masculine gay man is is also about making you as heterosexual men feel comfortable. Explain. Because think about it. If you, if a F word type person enters your space, you become on edge on some levels, or maybe not you guys specifically, but the typical heterosexual man becomes on edge because now you're worried about, oh, is he going to touch me? Oh, is he going to be flirting with me? Oh, is he looking at me? I don't get Like, all that shit start going through your head. I feel like, I feel like... And the person right, ain't right. even, and the person ain't even focused on you. So on some levels, the notion, the perspective of, yes, there are what would be defined as masculine gay men, men who just are regular guys. They whip rock tins. I know some drug dealer ones and all of that stuff who does not fit the stereotypical view of what you perceive a gay guy looks like. But the ones that do is what like send y'all off the deep edge. So on a on some level, that notion of a masculine gay is about making heterosexual men feel comfortable. All right. So when I'm when I'm around when I'm around someone that's like super flamboyant and I feel like they're being extra with it, it's not at the point where I feel like, damn, like I'm uncomfortable. Is he gonna touch me? Is he looking at me? Like, oh, what if he speaks to me? Like, I don't really care about that. My whole thing is just like, like I just be like, dude, why you gotta be so extra? Like, like why you gotta be so extra? But I just see, don't, that, I don't understand it. But that's the that's the I would argue that's the falsity in the narrative. You think they're being extra for them? They're being their authentic self. All right, so I, I, I don't I don't, agree, I don't agree with that part, Kevin. Like <laughs> them being authentic, I, I, I don't. Nah, I would again. This is again, we all can caveat to say there is going to be some variation of both in both camps. Yes, there may be some that is being extra for sure, but for the most part, majority of people are just attempting to be their authentic selves. So so all right, I feel like this. Regardless of of your sexual preference, when you're born like a male and a female's anatomy and their whole like science scientific makeup are different. So men are are naturally born with testosterone. Females are naturally born with with estrogen. So testosterone affects the way a person acts. So so when you see some of these guys out here acting like they have absolutely no testosterone in their body, like I feel like they're making a conscious effort to act that way as opposed to being natural. And that's just like these people who identify as dogs and cats. You mean to tell me they're being their natural selves? or Because you don't have no kind of feline in you. So how is that? Uh, to me, I just 
don't understand how that's unless you have some kind of like mental like like issues. I don't feel like it's you're not being natural. Either you're, either you're not being natural or you need to seek help. I could be wrong, but that's my opinion. No, I like I said, I do agree that there are there is potentially a percentage of the population that is going a bit overboard with it. Okay. I, I will agree to that. I, I can't dispute that. Because uh, even in my interactions sometimes I'll be like, well, god damn. So, <laughs> so I can't discreet that. But what I would say is you went genetics with it, but it could be that certain individuals, because actually as men, we both have estrogen and testosterone in our bodies. Some men, some individuals may just have more than the other. I never knew that. Yes. Yeah. As men, yeah. you do have estrogen in your body. But some men, some individuals may just have more than the other. And what exhibits through that is some of that feminine trait and characteristics that you may perceive as them being too much about. So now, it could yeah. be that they have an off balance, like they have more of one than the other. Right. But now then they come and it can just now be amplified in the external appearance of them now attempting to dress up like a female, do all of that other stuff. Yes, in certain respects in that area is where I do think it does get a bit too much. But on some levels, for some of those individuals, they are, in their view, attempting to live their authentic self. Whether so or Kevin, not I or you like it or not. Kevin, I got I got a question for I got a question for you. Actually, I got a two a two part question. So as far as with the over exaggeration or what we perceive as um over exaggeration, couldn't we tie that into a, being a toxic trait? Just like how you could say toxic masculine masculinity could be, oh, I'm trying to go overboard with being, oh, a man, hear me roar. Whereas you have, whereas you have these men are that, that what we perceive. And like you said, that could be their true self, but we perception is what we could see. And we, we perceive that they may be going overboard and we may view that as, as a toxic um, characteristic. I personally don't disagree with that point of view that it could be, that could be a valid point of view to make. Yeah. Because like I said, even I, be looking like, uh, yeah, y'all doing too much. All right, and I got I got one more question for you, Kevin, before we move on. Because mm-hmm. um, Zay brought it up a couple minutes ago, but it says, um, do you think being gay is a mental illness? I personally do not, no. All right. Well, what you think about that, Zay? About the mental illness, yeah. I, I'm. I'll, I'll say this. I feel like the majority of gay females that I know, that like I actually like, like know their story. It, it always they always have some kind of like sexual trauma. Like they all they weren't always gay, 
and 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 something happened, and I'm not I'm not gonna say that's what made them gay, because a lot of times they don't see it like that. But I always see a link. I always see like that one thing in common with most of the gay women that I know, especially the one, especially the ones that try to be masculine. Like like a lot of times, like they usually have some kind of sexual trauma with a with a man. I agree. I, so I don't. I wouldn't say that's a mental illness, but it's definitely like some kind of emotional, emotional scarring. Right. Some trauma has occurred in their lives that has fostered them into this environment. I don't disagree with that on some level because I have encountered males who have been molested and traumatized as little boys and then they end up in the criminal justice system and then next thing you know this is all they're into so could that have been the catalyst that shifted them down that road i don't know that's not my experience i can only speak from my experience and for me and my experience that's not reflective for my experience Right. I, I I don't really know too many like male experiences aside from yours, like, but because you're the first male that's homosexual that I actually heard like your story. You get what I'm saying? Uh, or, like actually like heard you speak on like how you grew up and whatnot. But yeah. as far as the females that I know and and are close with, it's like they usually like damn like they won't say oh I'm gay because of this reason, but. It'll always come out like, yeah, like, you know, my uncle did this to me, or, you know, somebody else. Like, it's always an older male figure in their life that did something to them. And I'd be like, damn, is it a coincidence that y'all all have this in common? With with the exception of, like, younger people, because now younger people, I just feel like it's more so of a... It's a flex. Like, it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not always, not always. Some people actually... It's, it's weird. I feel like now it's something that, like, when we were growing up, society didn't tell you that, like, your options are to be gay or straight. Society just said, like, okay, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids. You know what I'm saying? Now, like, growing up in today's society, it's like they push these options on you. Like, you know you can be gay. You don't have to be straight. Huh. And then and then, and then, then from that point, I guess they, they go in and make a choice. Yeah, y'all, y'all got me. I'm just letting y'all talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as always, this time is this time is running down. So I want to um, I want to get in a few more questions. So let's go to um, let's go to that fateful day, March 22nd, March 22nd, uh, 2022. I did a show 2022. I did a show entitled Straight Talk About Gender Equality um, with Zay and Toe. And to date. I say that that's still the most polarizing show I've ever done. Like people love it or people hate it. There's no in between. Um, so after that show, Kevin just sent me like a list of questions because <laughs> he was just like, he was on one that night. So the first question I want to ask though, on, on that show, Zay, you said that every gay and trans person should thank a straight person. What? <laughs> You you care to uh, clarify that, or you were yeah, just making a joke? Or no, nah, I mean like, well, 
that is my sense of humor. But I said that, and this, and because I, I mean, you know, I got this, I got a, a extremely like offensive sense of humor. But and all jokes aside, I feel like, uh, yeah, because if it wasn't for a straight person, you wouldn't be here. That's what and I meant Kevin, by that. Kevin, because you, because you, I mean, you took the time to write it. So obviously it bothered you in some type of way or you wanted some type of clarity on it. What was the question? Did I, was it a statement I made or was it a question I asked? No, nah, it, it was a, no, nah, it was a, it was, it was one of your points. Like you said, Zay said this, um, every gay trans person should thank a straight person. I can't go to the original oh, writing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I lost my notes from that. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I was just basically saying that because if it wasn't for a straight person, then like we wouldn't be here. <laughs> no, and he's right. Um, actually, yeah, without a heter- without the heterosexual male, you are the seed. So none of us are here. But at the same time, you have to remember you're the seed that creates us. Right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're Zay, the that creates Zay, Zay, that went over your head. <laughs> it probably did. Uh-oh. <laughs> Zay, he's, he's saying the man, the man, the man carries the seeds. So you, you're the one who's – so we're, we're the ones who creating the, the person now that we have such an issue with. Bingo. That, 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 I think that's probably the point I was – attempting to allude to in my notes is like, yeah, you're saying every gay and trans person should thank a straight person. Yes, we thank you, but also remember, you are the seed that creates us. Yeah, Without but we, we, you, there is no us. Exactly, but I mean, I don't know. I don't really feel like it's going over my head. I feel like, like, yeah, we you can you can plant a seed, like, you can create the seed, but like we don't choose your sexual preference. Like that's you. You gotta choose that. You get what I'm saying? Or, or like some people say it's a choice. Some people say like it's not a choice. I don't really know how that works, but and like, I, yeah, you, I, I would argue that that oh that right there is the overarching dynamic and dilemma that creates a disconnect between both sides of the world. Because on some level, there is still this belief in this mindset that some people choose the space. And, and I'm, 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 I'm of that mindset. You aren't, Zay? Yeah, I feel like everything is a choice. And, okay. Right, that's what I'm saying. So for, for those of the, for individuals that have that mindset and believe, hey, and you have stories, you have other people's experiences to really refer to that helps substantiate that mindset. But that is not the majority of the community. And I think that's where the dynamic and disconnect is coming down on because there is this presumption that, let, let me be clear about something. Getting up and choosing to be gay is not something I ever fucking dreamed up in my life. And especially as I've matured and gotten older, it is not something I've got up and choose to do. But there is that belief that exists. And so, until we can, I guess, meet somewhere in the middle to where people can recognize that not everyone is making a choice, 
for some people, this is their 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 natural state of being. There's always going to be a level of disconnect. So, so would you say it's more of something that you like that as you got older you learned about yourself, or is it something that you always knew? Like I said, my personal experience as a kid, I knew I was different in some. Right, way. right, right. You did say that in the podcast. As a kid, you I didn't know what it was. I just put it did like, not knew. You didn't have a label for it. I did not have a label for it. Correct. Right. I just knew as a kid I was different in some ways. I just did not have a label to it. And once I, I learned you. the label, I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is it. Okay, I got it now. Now, <laughs> if I knew then what that label meant and would look like 20 years later, no. If I had a choice, I would have chosen to do things differently. And that's the other thing people don't recognize. Sometimes people young, when we are young and still trying to figure that shit out, we try to fight that. It is that fight that is made to try and say, nah, let me go get a girlfriend and prove that this is not who I am. Uh, you, just, you just said something that, uh, so let me ask you a question. Why would you choose to be different? Because it would be easier or? Because we, we don't want to be ostracized. Who the hell gets up right, and right, wants I to get you. up and be ostracized by friends, family, all of this just because of your sexuality. No one wants that. No, no one wants to be ostracized in general, but definitely not because of that. So yes, for some of us, again, I'm speaking for myself, you make efforts to kind of like prove the counterfactual. I got you. Let me go get a girlfriend. Let me see what this shit is about. Like, uh, Going downstairs and looking at Coochie and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is nice, but um, this ain't doing nothing for me. At I some you. point, you have to come to a realization that that's not you. <laughs> so See, I, I, to me, I that's like where that. the disconnect sometimes come in is for some of you guys as heterosexual men, you guys are thinking that people are making a choice. And again, I'm not saying that may not be a potential existence out there, but for a lot of queer folks, it's, it's not a choice. So what do you say about a bisexual person? I don't think would that's a say, choice either. So would you say that like they haven't just figured it out or they just happen to like both equally? In my experience, individuals who say that they're bisexual have a genuine interest in both. I got you. They may not have that genuine interest in both at the same time, but there is a general interest in both. But then how could you be born that way then? That's a question for the creator. Man, I should have asked this question first. Wow. I just got up and popped out and be like, I, I am like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Think about it as a kid. Trevor, you know where we come from. Think about yeah. it as a kid coming from Jamaica. What the fuck do I know about anything other than chasing coochie? Especially in our family. Exactly. So with our with our dads. Exactly. <laughs> like 
a coochie is falling from the sky. That's like <laughs> that's all that's there. So how would I, what then if that is the environment I am constantly around? Why then I as a kid feel know instinctively that something about this just does not do it for me. I don't know what it is, but I just know it don't do it for me. Wow. Oh, man. Um, shit. More for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? And and can I tell y'all something? That's what we, most of us, I would say not we, but like, that's majority, that's what we want. We want there to be of like, hey, you recognize that, okay, cool, you don't like coochie? Hey, no problem. One less I got to compete with. (laughs) Pretty much. And that's okay, but that's never the response. That's never the it's always what's wrong with you? It somehow it trips up and then becomes more about you. Okay, so since you don't like coochie, you're gonna like me. And whoa, wait a minute, hold on. Then y'all egos and your insecurities start jumping out and like, are you sure? Here, try this one. Try this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you'd be like, okay. You know, and that's where when I said a lot of times the idea about masculine gay is about making heterosexual men comfortable. Because once y'all get comfortable with someone who is gay and you cool, you recognize that they're not into you or whatever, you know the weird shit y'all start doing. What's that? Um, what about him? What about that one? Y'all start playing fucking matchmakers, and I'm like, uh, hold on. I can't. I, that's what weird to him? me. I can't. I can't even like. To me, to me, if a, if a guy's doing that, that's showing that like he might even like be questioning his own sexuality. Because I don't give a damn who you like or who you don't like. Like that's that's weird. That is weird. No, You're right. No, what that I'm is saying weird. is like you 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 most some of you guys. I not want to say all, but majority y'all shift from this anti-viewpoint until once you get comfortable and realize that you don't have to be oh, you... threatened by that individual, by that gay person, that once they become comfortable in your space and you're cool with them, you have a level of trust and confidence in them, then y'all flip to the other side and y'all trying to set them up like y'all setting up one of your boys with a girl. It's like, y'all be like, oh, hey, what you think about him? And so-and-so, so-and-so. And some of us is like, okay, we, we thank you for the effort, but like, chill. I think, um, I think, I think Zay dropped off. So this is what I'm going to do because I didn't get through all my questions. I'm going to end it here and then we're going to come back um, for one more segment just to finish out the questions. All right. All right. All right. And we're back. Um, we just wanted to, we needed that. That last conversation was so good <laughs> that I, I had to ask the guys to come back on for another segment. Um, so because I needed to be able to get through my questions. So I have on the phone Zay and Kevin and we're almost going to wrap this up. But um, so on that same episode that I was talking about, well, first, I got a question for, for Zay. Um, what, what's your biggest fear? Is 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 a multi layered question. So, what's your biggest fear? How does this fear make you feel? How do you manage it? And does it prevent you from doing anything? 
and how could you confront the fear? I know that's a lot. All right. My biggest fear is uh, leaving this world and leaving, and leaving my kids, like, in a bind, like, leaving them in a bind. I, I want to leave this world and, and uh, leave something behind for them to set them up for success. So my biggest fear is not doing that. How does it, what you say, how does it affect me? Yeah, how does it make you feel and how do you manage it? It makes me feel a little anxiety and I manage it by using it as motivation and just like using it as like fuel. It, it helps me to uh, keep myself grounded. It helps me to uh, be more responsible. I try to use it as motivation. And um, does it prevent you from doing anything? It prevents me from doing a lot of things, but in a good way. Because it, it makes me uh it makes me um be very analytical of my decisions as opposed to before when I didn't have kids. I didn't really that wasn't a fear of mine, so now I made decisions differently. I uh makes you less reckless. I, I was more reckless, yeah, exactly. Yeah. More reckless. But now it, it it affects me in that way where I think twice before I do things and it keeps me from doing a lot of things that I shouldn't do. So it, it kind of keeps me on the right track. Mm -hmm. And, and so I guess, um, I guess that's how you would, cause another question is how do you confront the fear? So I guess you're more careful with things now. Absolutely. All right. And, um, Kevin, I got, I, I got, I got another question for you and then I'm going to end it on another question that I know is going to probably take up the rest of the time. So, um, Kevin, what's the biggest or most unfair misconception slash stereotype that straight people have about the gay community that you feel isn't true? That we all out here just fucking and sucking and doing all kinds. We just out here randomly, rapidly having just purely oodles and noodles of casual sex. Like, th that is, while that is an aspect of the community, that is far from the predominance of the community. And um, strangely enough, me and some um, gay friends talk about this a lot, where the what is presented in media about gay folks is not the full picture of who, what's out there. Because there you know are gay folks out there who are parents, who are moms and dads and don't got time for half of this shit. There are those of us that you guys would consider to be masculine gay who go about their day, enjoy football, sports, and just doing regular, everyday, regular shit. But that's not the, that's not what's presented in media because that's not what brings ratings. You know what I would, you know what I would like? I'd love to, I'd love to actually have a panel with you and your friends. I mean, if 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 they would be up to it, because I, I mean, yeah. just to hear just to hear it from from a multitude, a, a community. Um, so so you you talked about you talked about parents that some gay people are parents in that same episode that we referenced. Um, there was a question, and actually, I didn't put it down, but I just thought about it since you brought it up where you said something to the effect of would we rather because i guess in this show we were saying how we didn't 
we didn't like the fact, maybe I said it, so I won't say, I won't put it on say and told, maybe I said it, that I don't like the fact of two men being, you know, being parents or mm -hmm. two women being parents. And then you, you made a point to say, would we rather a child grow up in the system versus um, being in a loving household with two same-sex parents? Right. Um, something to that effect. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I still don't know. I think that's a question. I, I think that's a, um, I think that's something. That's Zay, <laughs> Zay what, what do you think about that? Cause see, it's like, I'm with you. I disagree with like a, a same sex household raising, raising a child. But when you ask that question, it's, it gives you something to think about. Like, right. hmm, like at the end of the day. So am I saying I would rather see this kid? Have a fucked up life, and then to see them with two loving people is like kind exactly. of exactly. Like, <laughs> and and let me, you in, the, in the corner where it's like, damn, that's that's and, fucked and up. Let <laughs> me give you guys some context. In the state of Florida, and I don't know if there's still the law now, but in the state of Florida, it is technically illegal for two same-sex individuals to even adopt a child, much less even become foster parent. Now, again, this is from when I lived there. That's like well over 10 years. So I don't know if the law has changed. Yeah, I think that changed now. Okay, so that's changed. Okay, but think about that. For pretty much up until the law changed, maybe a decade or later, earlier, it was illegal to even be a foster parent if you are a same-sex couple to a child. So you, a heterosexual man and woman, having issues, whatever the case may be, the state steps in and takes your child from you. And instead of putting your child into the industrialized foster care system where there's who knows how many other children, institutionalized, I mean, um, foster care system, you have the ability for your child to be placed in a home. They have a bed where they they feel safe and comfortable. But the 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 whole mindset about oh my god, two women or two guys having kids is a no. That that hinders that. So that's what led to my question. How well is that serving the need of the child? Hey, you know what? And I'm gonna say this. I feel like uh, I don't really have like a. Uh, I mean, that's not serving the need as, uh, for the child, but I don't really have like like a a solid answer yeah. on that. But what I can say is that it kind of goes back to the whole like abortion thing, in my opinion, because. It's like, I don't know, some of these kids, like, if if their parents had aborted them, wouldn't, like, the fact that abortion is, is no more is going to be more kids in that situation. You get what I'm saying? Right, I understand. And again, and, not to cut you, but my intent is not it. for you to have an answer to that question. Right, right. I'm just saying but something to think about. for you Definitely to at least about. think about and factor into your perspective of, yeah, you're like, I don't want gay guys having kids. Okay. 
There's, what are we going to do with the thousands of young black boys that are in the institutionalized foster care system who will never potentially have someone say to them, I love you. You're my son. You're my child. And think about what they then grow up and become never hearing those words, never having that level of connection made with someone from a child to parent perspective. You guys are parents. Think about your child. You, If you've never said to your child, I love you, how do you think your child would, will, would grow up to become? Got a point. And basically that's all, the, that was the point I was making is like, we have to at least keep some of this in balance as we try to mm, go through this whole I'm no one everything. Because there are consequences to that. That child is what grows up to become a young man that is emotionally disconnected and has no grounding and therefore just be parts of the image of us as troublemakers, lazy, and all of this stuff. That's pretty much how you create Richard Ramirez. Is... Not sure who that is, but okay. It was uh, not the Night Stalk. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Actually, I was just watching that on um on that link I sent you guys the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so... See, and and that's that's why I wanted to do this, man. Because how many how many times have we have I brought up a question, and then we have no response? We have that aha moment. Right, right, because right. It it just it just it yeah. I mean, because I'm thinking about it, man. All the kids in the foster system that never really will get a chance at a at a at a loving household. Um, man, it's uh, what that's why I like about that's why I like about certain debates. Um, and I know this is a discussion, this isn't a debate, but when the arguments are so good on both sides that it'll make me soften my stance on certain things, like where I go into it and I'm just so hard on one position, where I, I could I, it'll make me step back and be like, damn, wait a minute, man, let's 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 look at this like a like a human being. Right. Versus having that ability is what gives you the ability to grow as a person. Absolutely. And I will say that is one of the things that I think I told you why I found myself being surprised by they because perceptionally I went in like, yeah, they gonna them to me, they two peas in a pod. When you told me that he he listened to the podcast and then changed his mind. I was like, oh, wow, really? Hey, that he, he took me by he, surprise. He seems to be the more rational one out of the two to me. <laughs> hey, 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 Trevor, what I, what, I, what I always say, um, always say uh, you can't be married to an idea to the yeah. fact that when you're presented with new evidence, you're not willing to right. change. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, yeah. this is that's the goal of some of these conversations. I never come into these conversations with the intention of attempting to change anyone's mind. I just try to introduce a perspective that you may not be aware of. Now, how that perspective helps you shape and change your mind, that's on you. 
but that's really all I tried to do. And to me, those are the better conversations to have is, again, intent. If your intent is not to try and convince someone they're wrong, then you can always have a better conversation. All right. Well, I don't because I've been I've been keeping the the shows to a sweet spot. Mm. So I want to end. So I want to end on this last question. Got you know, <laughs> boy, this is one I probably should have asked earlier too. But um, let's Who's let's try for? to keep. Not this is just this is for both of you. This is a uh-huh. uh, actually this is a response from Kevin to me, Zay, and told from that um that that March twenty second show. Um. So Kevin says, I hear a lot of heterosexuals talk about pushing an agenda. I'm curious as to what your view <coughs> to, as to what your view as an agenda and who, who and who's pushing it. So Kevin wants to know from us, what's what's this agenda that we always talk about being pushed when it comes to homosexuality? In my opinion, I feel like. Uh, like I was saying how when we grew up, it was more so like, oh, it was less, it was less of an option. Whereas now it's everywhere you look, like it's on TVs, it's on, it's on everything that like, what they're pushing, like, oh, you have an option. You can be gay or straight. I feel like at the end of the day, also too, they make it like how, how I was saying how some kids choose it as like a, a social posturing, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like. I'm cool. I'm down with that. Uh, or like, all right. It's almost like how you can you can you will use the baby for example. He uh shot a dude in Walmart. Career didn't suffer. He made some homophobic com- comments, and it's like, oh, he blackballed. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you mean to tell me that like <laughs> that like their feelings are more important than somebody's life? And so it kind of, I feel like the agenda is population control because they feel like the more, especially black people that aren't straight, then the less black people will be bred into society. And 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 Kevin, before you before you respond, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna actually let you have the last word on this and close out on this. Um, let me just let me just piggyback off of what Zay said. That's he said the he said the perfect thing, um, population control, and that's that's my whole view of pushing an agenda, is that the powers that be are trying to cut the head of the snake off, and when I say the head of the snake, I mean the black man. If if you want to destroy a people, you kill their ability to be able to reproduce, and I think that in order, and you guys know my show is centered around uplifting the black community. And I think that this agenda is being pushed so much in the black community because they don't want to see us reproduce within ourselves. And can I elaborate? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Not to cut you off, but it's not just, they don't just use homosexuality. Like, Like, look at the food we eat, look at all, it's a whole bunch of different things too. Look at the legal system, you get what I'm saying? It's like, that's the big agenda, and they have different avenues of going about it. Yeah, it's it's an all it's an all out assault on the black man. I mean, I, I don't think we would we would disagree there, 
But I just think, and you're right, as far as the foods and the, you, you know, our communities and things like that, it's like we're, we're, we're in hell. We're in what is considered hell right now. And I think if you, if you want to cut off, you want to cut off a people's ability to be anything great, you start with the head. And regardless of what anybody want to say, say, the head of the communities is the black man. I mean, and they 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 try to they try to get rid of us with incarceration and 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 you know all type of things. So that's why when you hear me talk about an agenda, that's what I'm talking about. You're you're pushing this because I'll tell you. And I've said it to you multiple times, and I said it on my show plenty of times. After having conversations with you, you've completely made me do a a, a 360 on how I feel about gay men. Um, Anybody knows me, they'll know that I don't think women could be gay. But that's another story. I don't want to get into that. But um, you made me totally turn around how I feel about gay men. But I still think on a whole that there's an agenda being pushed by the powers that be that don't want to see black people be great. It's like every obstacle that they could put in front of us is being put in front of us and, 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 and pushing homosexuality because let's think about it. Um, homosexuality has been around forever. You always hear about people in the 1600s and whenever they were gay. But when we were growing up, you can't count how many in the eighties, you can't count how many gay men you saw. Whereas now it's like every, you can't get away from it. It's being pushed on TV. Growing up, you would never see that stuff in cartoons. It's like they're saying, hey, I'm taking this. I'm taking this. Um, I'm taking the choice from you and I'm going to give it to you in your TV show so your kids can see it. I'm going to give it to you in every avenue of life so your kids can see it. And, and, and that's the agenda that I think. And I mean, I could be 100 percent wrong, but and I know you're going to have some pushback, but go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Ah. Come on, Kevin, get it out. I I, I hear what you're saying. I I hear what you're saying. But let me focus on the, the, the gay aspect of it. Here's a question I would ask you both. Okay, using that example that you just used. What happened? Remember back in the seventies and the eighties when there was no black folks on TV. Mm-hmm. How did that change? What do you mean they 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 push for you know black people to be on TV? How do you mean? Right. Okay, that's my point. So, in my view, and again, this is just my humble opinion and my view only. That the change for you starting to see black folks on TV was about the idea of a representation. I am part of the community. I am of the community. I therefore should see me presented in media. I would argue that is pretty much as far as gay folks are concerned is really what is really happening. You're just having more people now come and say, hey, I'm part of the community. And let's be honest also, I'm a financial powerhouse in the community. 
because gay individuals have the amount of disposable income has more disposable income than the typical nuclear household. So when that disposable income is making demands for representation, you are going to have some avenues that succumb to that and say, you know what, yeah, you're right. We need to start to have more representation. Here's the funny thing about that, I would say. That started in the 90s with the show Will and Grace. Will and Grace did for gay folks by presenting a picture of to you, the heterosexual community of what a gay man looks like. Here's the flip side to that. For a lot of gay individuals, that wasn't an accurate picture because that was a picture of just one type of a gay individual. Uh, white path, a heterosexual white passing gay man who seems very regular and non-threatening. Then come the iteration, then you have Modern Family that then introduced to you the idea of two gay men having kids, raising a family, and those kinds of things. So to me, as far as that aspect of the um, argument you guys are making, I wouldn't say it's a, an, a, to me, it's not an agenda. It is just the community pushing for representation in media. And like I said earlier, it is not even a full representation because there is still aspects of the community that isn't represented in media. I have a friend that is a gay black man that is a single father. I'm assuming you guys wouldn't know that exists. That there's gay men out here being single dads? Like how? Hey, it exists. But you would not know that because that's not presented in media. So to me, that's where when I hear the whole agenda argument, I kind of get what you're saying. But at the same time, I'm just like, but it's not an agenda. People are just asking to be represented in the media like anyone else would want to be. Fair enough. Well, you got any, you got anything on that, Zay? <clears throat> no, nah, that's it. I'm going to leave it at that. That was fair enough. I mean, again, another way to look at it. Yeah. Because again, and some of the other points you make, I, I can, you know, some of that goes back to the 80s, the drug wars, like I, the taking out the black man out of the household, I think started back in the 60s and the 70s. But there has been, in my view, various actions that have been more successful at that than individuals who are gay just showing up and saying, hey, can I see myself on TV? Like, it's, 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 good to see six, it's good to see a show with six white people, but can I get a gay black guy that is not flamboyant in the show? 
Is that too much to ask for? Hey, so you know, you're not gonna get any pushback from me on that. No, like, me like I, like I say, I get it, and um, and I think that's the beauty of the show. I, I can get different people on where I can hear their point of view, and like I say, a lot of times I could I could debate both sides. So I, I'm not like Zay would always say, we're not married to one idea, you know. Um, there was only one idea that I was married to and I'm, you know, I'm not in that anymore. So, um, so it's like, I get it, man. And so I thank you guys for coming on the show because I didn't know, I didn't know what this was going to be. I just knew that it was going to be really good. And, and like I say, once you guys broke the ice and got over the nerves, I I figured that the conversation was just going to flow. And and that's exactly what it did. This this turned out exactly the way that I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys for coming on. And you, thanks any, for having me. You guys, any parting words? Because if not, we could just get out of here. Um, I'm gonna just say thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And um, keep doing what you're doing, man. Like these. these I mean, you drop some powerful content, and these are the types of conversations that need to be had, like two people from opposite walks of life coming together. And a lot of times, no matter how different you think you are from someone, you'll find out that you got more in common than you realize. Exactly. Agreed. Absolutely. Any parting words, Kevin? Just echoing the same thing that they said, and just say to you, I'm kudos and proud of you for really leaning into the show and tapping into it and making and relishing in the joy that it brings you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's it. Again, again, I thank you guys for coming on, and um, until next time, peace. All right. Have a great Sunday. All right, guys. Take it easy. All right. Later. All right. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did recording it. Um, That that was I just sitting back and I'm the one doing the interview. But man, as I'm I'm listening to them talk and, and, and give their opinions and things and views, I was just sitting back like, damn, this is a really good conversation. And I just hope you guys will enjoy it and realize the spirit behind it. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's about um, nation building. Um, the time, time out for bashing one another. I mean, yeah, so what? Everybody's different. It's time out for bashing one another. It's it's about building our black community up. And, you know, there's good and bad people in every walk of life. And I think we need to spend more time highlighting and spotlighting the good people and put in an emphasis and, and put in stock into them and the things that they provide and bring. And again, I thank Kevin and Zay for coming through and doing it because when I introduced it to them, 
Um, nobody knew what it was going to be about because if you ever did a show with me, you know that I never, I never tell you what we're going to talk about ahead of time. I'll just be like, hey, would you do an interview with me? You never know my questions that I'm going to ask or anything like that. So they kind of went in it blind and they didn't know they didn't even know the the context of what the conversation was going to be about. So, cause I didn't give them anything, but I think it turned out fantastic. Um, once they got comfortable with each other, then it just, it just flowed. And again, I thank those guys. And, um, remember we're on that race to 10 K and that's just saying that I'd love to get 10,000 listens to the show before the year's up. Um, we're about a hundred, listens away from uh 8000 so that's insane in itself and my 50th show is coming up so the next time you hear me unless unless something happens <laughs> this week before i record my 50th show um the 50th show is going to be a men's round table where we discuss conspiracy theories and things like that also, if any of my past guests want to come on and do a um, a world a when worlds collide type show, you know, if you've heard anybody on my show and you want to kind of debate what they say, now we have that ability to do it. Now you don't have to be sitting in front of me in the studio, just as you heard from those two. I mean, one guy's in Florida, one guy's in in D.C. You know, so. I'll send you the link and then we could just jump on and do the show. So we don't have any excuses anymore to where we can't get together and, and bump out this content. So continue to like us on um, Facebook at the straight talk society. Uh, I see those numbers are starting to go up and that's good. Um, I'm also on YouTube under straight talk with Trevor's. Um, if you're, if you're on YouTube, even if you're not on YouTube, just go by, give it a visit. Um, give me a like, subscribe, however it does. I I load the majority of my shows. I think I maybe I think there's maybe only like five shows that aren't on there. But the majority of my shows are on there. So if some people don't want to listen to podcast form, then they can listen to the shows um via YouTube. It's not actual video, it's just my logo with the um with the show playing behind it. But either way, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys for that. I will tune into this show. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, share, share. Let's get this word out, man. I think the show is what what we're doing here. And you notice I keep saying we're, 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 because I see this as, as, a, as a us project because we're getting the word out and just building the nation through it, man, and... and I think like community building is, is, is so necessary in this time. So get the word out, like share, please just let somebody listen to one episode because I think if they listen to one show, then they'll be hooked. I mean, I talk about anything. So I, I have something for everybody. Every show may not be for you, but there is a show that I've done that is for someone. So with all that being said, I leave you with these words of encouragement. Always seek out the truth for yourself, because if not, you'll fall victim to other people's interpretations of them. And with that, I say peace.
reason grieve the need of a still proceed society got my soul bleed. I take a step to catch my breath I'm out of breath ain't nothing left on my mind but trust and death I better get my respect I won't be denied take a look into these special eyes cause I speak the truth I don't specialize and tell the lies I don't keep my enemies close I keep a close eye on my enemies and I hold them like a ghost so they'll always remember me who's friend who's foe no one knows so I don't know which way to go but in the end it's all gonna show so watch them all from head to toe from right to left from left to right from day to night from dark to light you think I won't but then I might if you don't get out my sight you gon' have to pay the price that's gonna be a waste of life cause if you got a price to pay then you gon' have to die today I speak these words from my mind and when I get done I'm feeling fine if you want to press rewind and pay attention to my rhyme seeing is believing but looks can be deceiving but I'm not believing what I'm seeing what kind of world is this to be they say seeing is believing but looks can be deceiving but I'm not believing what I'm seeing what kind of world is this to be can I get a moment of silence decreases violence tired of hair holy silence man these damn jobs they hire but they're doing a lot of fire people out of work for many months and the sack is kids need lunch more than once I buy the bunch cause we all got our needs at once but do they care hell no they don't they swear they will but I know they won't in their mind they know they're wrong especially when they hear the song of being a voice for this world especially the little boys and girls who don't express themselves with words that they was told they won't be heard believe only what you see and don't try to be just like me just be yourself and nobody else in the time you'll see you are like me I'm a loner and a rebel so people think I'm nothing but trouble digging my grave without a shovel I feel like I'm trapped inside of a bubble a world full of destruction and corruption not enough loving too much struggling not enough hugging too much cussing no time for discussion man life ain't always what it seems our dreams are always having things time is ticking my mind is clicking live your life make your own decisions seeing is believing but looks can be deceiving but I'm not believing what I'm If you can't get enough of Straight Talk with Trevor, be sure to like our Facebook page. You'll get page-only exclusives like links to early shows and behind-the-scenes video footage. You can also participate in polls that might shape future shows. The best thing about our Facebook page is that's where you can get in direct contact with Trevor. You can also leave show topics, reviews, or even request to be a guest on the show. Again, like us on Facebook and thank you for your continued support.